0: Today we're going to be talking about uh, something that is one of the most loving acts that we can do as believers in Jesus, but it's also one of the most difficult. You guys ready to talk about something difficult today at church? We're going to be talking about speaking the truth in love. And what does that really mean? We're going to be talking about times when you should not speak the truth in love. We're going to be talking about a practical way, a practical method for knowing how to actually speak the truth in love. And um, unlike that counselor, um, loving confrontation builds others up and it should bring life. So she was not a good example of that. (laughs) Thank you guys for doing that. That was so cute. Um, there's a saying. It says that truth without love is too hard, but love without truth is too soft. Have you ever heard that saying before? Um, and and that is really the the reality of it. And I think the Bible makes a case for this. We're going to go. If you would turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 18, and again, if you have been a believer for any any length of time, you probably are really really familiar with this passage, but. The more and more that I walk with the Lord and the more I walk with people, the less I see people actually uh, living this particular commandment out. So we're going to start Matthew chapter 18, and we're going to start with verse 15. It says, If your brother sins against you, go to him and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. It says, if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, um, let him be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. So now what does this mean? Um, When Jesus talks about this, <clears throat> he is not saying to uh that if you have something against someone that you should go talk to someone else about it um, there's not i know that there are times when you will need to actually work with another person to try to sort through some things, but in general jesus calls us to go to that person directly, not to gossip with someone else about it, not to vent you know a lot of times um, speaking of psychologists um, they 'll talk about the importance of venting, but uh, a wise friend of mine once told me that that when there's something on your heart that you should share with someone else, if someone is in sin and and you are really um, feeling this this need to go to that person, that rather than going to another person and kind of letting some of the steam off, you go directly to that person. Because there is something about talking about it, but we're going to talk about the steps prior to going to that person and the reasons for going to that person. There are times when we should not go to that person. This is, I call this my war principle. W-A-R, you should not go if you really want to. That's a very bad sign. If you really want to confront somebody, that's probably a sign that you shouldn't. And the majority of us are probably not like that. We probably, if we know that, that someone has, is in sin or they sinned against us or they've offended us or maybe we, we just don't even understand it, it's really hard for us to go to them. Some people do enjoy it. Some people actually like it. Those are the people that need to be a little more cautious (laughs) about actually going. These are the ones that really want to go to that person. But we shouldn't go if we feel like, yeah, I'm going to go tell them. That's not the time to go. That's an indication that maybe there's some more work you need to do in your own heart. Let the Holy Spirit kind of sand some things off. Okay, so W, you shouldn't go if you really want to. Number two, you shouldn't go if you're angry. Now, a lot of times people feel like, the time to go to someone is when you're really ticked off about it. Worst idea ever. That is not the time that you go to someone. You go to somebody if you have worked through everything. And we're going to talk about how to do that. But you should not go to someone. The biblical confrontation, I do not believe, can't, um, cannot be exercised, let's say, if you're ticked off. If you're really angry at that person, it's really hard not to sin in your anger. You know, the Bible says, be angry, but do not sin. And so you could, be, you could potentially be a little upset about this, but there's a lot of cautions that are undergirding this whole principle That you should really follow before you get into this, and then the R in war is you shouldn't go if you have resentment. You know, uh, this passage as it goes on, um, you know, this is the, the section where Peter comes to Jesus and he's like, "Hey, how many times do I actually have to forgive my brother?" And and Peter's like, "Do I have to forgive him up to seven times?" He's thinking, he's like, wow, that's, that's pretty gracious, right? To, to forgive somebody seven times for the same exact thing? And Jesus is saying, no, 70 times seven, which really means exponentially. That forgiveness is unlimited. God's grace is unlimited, so our forgiveness needs to be unlimited. Amen? now that doesn't mean that if you're in a situation where someone's abusing you that you just have to forgive them and just go back in and just let yourself be abused i don't believe that's the will of god either so but but we need to make sure that we don't go when we want when we really want to you know what i'm saying when we really want to like when you're not in a good headspace not the time to go Don't go when you're really upset and really angry, and don't go if you have not yet forgiven that person. And that leads to the first point. In our ABCs of biblical confrontation, A is you go after you've forgiven the person. Okay, now I'm going to ask you to do something really difficult right now. I want you to think about someone that you need to forgive right now. I'm sure being humans, we all have someone in mind, sadly. Now, I want you to consider what we're about to talk about, and I want you to consider if this is a person that you actually are being called by the Holy Spirit to go and confront in love, to speak the truth in love to this person. Um. My, my pastor, my spiritual dad, always used to say, never use the word of God unless you have the heart of God. You know, too many people go around with, you know, quote, Bible verses chopping people's heads off. That's not what Jesus has called us to. His word is always to bring life. Amen? And to bring it more abundantly. So never use the word of God if you don't have the heart of God. Galatians 6, um, verse 1 Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in wrongdoing, you who are spiritual should restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourselves so that you won't be tempted. You know, it's so tempting when we judge someone. You know, the Bible actually calls the church, the body of Christ, believers in Jesus to judge those within the church. You know, the, the most overquoted and under-understood is that a word? Under misunderstood passage is Matthew 7, where it says, judge not lest you be judged. This is not talking about making, having discernment for those within the church, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to say, if your brother sins, go to him. Because that would be what? Judgmental. That would seem very judgmental. But we are called, the Bible says, that the spiritual person makes judgments on all things, for we have the mind of Christ. So you have to keep this in mind. If you don't have the mind of Christ, if you have unforgiveness, if you have that log in your own eye, you haven't taken that log out of your own eye to see clearly to get the little speck out of your brother's eye, do not go to someone. Do not go to someone. If you have bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, this is a fundamental, this is a, this is a, the, one of the most basic Christian principles, because we have been forgiven so much. The Lord has forgiven us everything. And the Lord is gracious and compassionate. And so he's saying, don't go to somebody and think that you're going to be able to help them with this massive log in your eye. (laughs) You know, you think about the visual of that. But if you go to somebody with a log, I mean, you're not going to, you're first of all, not going to be able to see clearly. And it's saying Deal with your own stuff first. And the first thing that most of us need to do prior to going to anyone is to forgive. And it says in Galatians, you know, if you if someone is overtaken in wrongdoing, it says, go to them with a spirit of gentleness. And it says, but be careful so that you don't get tempted, so you don't get caught up. You know, sometimes we we build a case in our own hearts against people, don't we? And if they, if they wrong us or they do something against us, then we begin to build this huge case about how horrible they are as a human being and how much, how much everything they do is wrong. That's not necessarily the case. Unforgiveness blinds you from seeing a person clearly. Bitterness will prevent you from being able to truly love someone because you won't be able to understand them because you're going to view it through your own resentment. And that's why Jesus says, get that log out of your eye so you can take the speck out of someone else's eye. And it says, restore such a person with a gentle spirit watching out so you yourselves won't be tempted. And it says here, carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. What this is saying is in the same way that you've been forgiven, without condemnation, without, without um, withholding. You know, the Lord doesn't withhold his love from us. He pours out his love. He pours out his grace. He pours out his forgiveness. And now whether or not you are supposed to re-engage with a specific person, that's that's another determination. That's another conversation. Because some people you don't need to re-engage with. But if you do, you need to make sure that you keep your accounts short, that you don't have this record of wrongs, that you're going to come up with a list, tell that person everything they did wrong to you. Amen? So it says, um, it says that carry each other's burdens. And this also means forgiving. To forgive means to give over the right to hold something against someone. This is not an easy thing to do. And I really... I don't believe that it's really even possible without the power of the Holy Spirit. That in the same way we've been forgiven, we need to extend forgiveness to others. And that is the, the B in the ABC. So we forgive or we, um, confront after we've, after we've forgiven, but then we need to go. Our heart and our motivation has to be for the other person. You have to go to that person because you love them because you care about their well-being. And this is a thing where it's so critical that before you go to someone, you check your heart and you check your motives and you humble yourself before the Lord. You know, never assume that you're right. Always have the humility to say, you know what, I might be wrong. I may have misunderstood or, the, or, or I might not know the whole picture. Again, with humility comes honor. So as we humble ourselves and as we're, as we're broken before the Lord, recognizing we, we might be wrong, then we're in a place where we can go to someone else and help them out. There, there's a quote from uh, the philosopher Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book, Life Together, the Classic Exploration of Christian Community, He says, Nothing can be more cruel than the leniency which abandons others to their own sin. But nothing can be more compassionate than the severe reprimand which calls another Christian in one's community back from the path of sin. If we truly understand the devastation of sin and what it does in the lives of those around us, we're going to be a lot more willing to go and, and speak the truth in love, aren't we? I, I, I really feel like this is something that's so hard for us. I, I feel like anytime you know you should go to someone, you should talk about something. And l- let me just say this. I also think even if you have a question in your mind about something and you just need clarification, Jesus is about light. Jesus is about truth get things in the light. Just go to someone and say, hey, I sense there's something between us. Did I hurt you? Did I offend you? Did I, did I do something? Do I need to ask for forgiveness? You, it costs you nothing to do that, but it costs Jesus everything to give up his life for us on the cross. And he's just asking us, just get things in the light saying, don't keep this in the dark. Don't let this bitterness fester in you because it's so easy to let that happen. In Ephesians 4.14, it says, Speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, the head of the church, Jesus Christ. It's saying we speak the truth in love. Now, let me just clarify. In this day of everybody has their own truth, this isn't speaking your truth. Your truth. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? This isn't about your truth. This is about the truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth of what the Bible has to say. So just because you disagree with someone, for example, did you know you can vehemently disagree with someone and still be loving and kind to them? I know in our our current culture with what they call the confirmation bias, where if anybody that doesn't agree with you, canceled, right? No, cancel culture. It's actually possible to be kind and loving to people that you disagree with, no matter who they voted for. Amen? Love has to cover over everything. And that's why you should never go to someone if you haven't forgiven them and if you aren't going for their benefit. If you're going to just, because you want to tell them off or you want to convince them. Have you ever had someone come to you and say, you know what? I came to Christ because I lost an argument. Anybody ever heard someone say that? No. People are won over because of love. Love because of our love. And that is why we need to speak the truth in love. And then the last point is, we need to do this to cover others, to cover over others. There's a book called Safe People, How to Find Relationships That Are Good for You and How to Avoid Those That Aren't by Dr. Henry Cloud, longest title ever. He says, this is one of the marks of a truly safe person. They are confrontable are you confrontable? Are you the kind of person that your friends can come to and say, "Hey, um, you have a piece of spinach in your teeth," <laughs> or your flies open, or you know, you have bad breath. <laughs> and now I'm talking about more serious things, of course, than than that. But are you the kind of person that's approachable? Can people come to you when you're in sin? You know, there's one of the things that I, they always say is one of the marks of a leader, of someone who's a mature believer. They have someone in their life that can say no to them. Do you have someone in your life who can say no to you? Do you have someone in your life that if they said, you know what, I see something in you and it's hurting you, it's a sin and it's breaking you down and it's hurting others— and that's the, the C in the ABCs is you need to speak the truth in love to cover over others, to cover other people that may follow behind you, because you might be the person that's coming to someone, and it's the first time they've ever seen something in themselves. Do you understand? It you know, they it might be somebody, let's say it's a cultural thing. You know, there's there's certain cultures where. They don't think it's a bad thing to just come up and say, wow, you kind of look fat. You know? I mean, we're so offended as Americans that if you say anything, and not not that that's not the kind of confrontation I'm talking about either. I'm talking about if someone is actually doing something that is bringing death to them, someone who is sinning and it's actually hurting them and it's hurting other people. You might be the most loving person to come to them and say, hey, I see this thing in your life and this is hurting you. So we we go after we've forgiven, We go because we love that person, because we want their benefit, and we go to cover others that may be hurt by that same sin or that same pattern or the same tendency. This is so important. And I I really believe that there are so many relationships that are severed because of a lack of this basic principle of going to someone, and showing them their fault, rather than going and gossiping or posting something on Facebook or Instagram or tweeting something. To actually go face-to-face with that person and say, you know what? I love you so much, and I see this in you, and I see that this is hurting you, and it's hurting other people, and maybe you're not even aware of it but to tell them because you love them so much and you want to make sure that they understand the, the ramifications of their sin. You know, I've had people who have come to me when, you know, I like to joke around and sometimes I take my jokes a little too far and I hurt people's feelings. That's never my intention. I never want to be mean or rude. But I had somebody come to me once and say, you know, Sometimes when you joke around like that, it it hurts. And I was like, I had no idea. And how loving was that for this person to come to me and to show me that so that I wouldn't continue to hurt other people in that same way? And Jesus is about exposing things. You know, Satan is the prince of darkness. Whatever's hidden in the dark. If you have something against someone in the body of Christ, the enemy is going to be lord over it unless you get it in the light. And that doesn't mean going to someone else. Gossip is one of the, one of the biggest contributors to our own, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Our own tainted hearts. You know, when we gossip about others, when we speak about others in a way that is not uplifting or building them up, we are bringing death. You know, your, your mouth, your tongue, your words have the power of life and death. The Bible talks so much about this, and this is so critical. There's an amazing story. I love this story. It's in 2 Samuel. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this story, but— <clears throat> It says, um, it's, it's in 2 Samuel chapter 12, and this is talking about the prophet Nathan. It says, The Lord sent Nathan to David, and when he arrived, he said to him, He told this story. He said, There were two men in a certain city, one rich and the other poor. It says, The rich man had very large flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one small ewe lamb that he had bought. And he raised her, and she grew up with him and his children. And from his meager food, she would eat. From his cup, she would drink. And in his arms, she would sleep. She was like a daughter to him. So this guy has this little lamb, and it's like a pet. I mean, it's like part of the family. And it says, now the rich." Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man could not bring himself to take one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare for the traveler who had come to him. But instead, he took the poor man's lamb and he prepared it for his guest. David was infuriated with the man. And he said to Nathan, as the Lord lives, the man who did this deserves to die. Because he has done this thing. He's shown no pity. He must pay four lambs for that lamb. Nathan says to David, you are that man. This is what the Lord God of Israel says, I anointed you king over Israel. I rescued you from Saul. I gave your master's house to you and your master's wives into your arms. And I gave you the house of Israel and Judah. And if that wasn't enough, I would have given you even more. Why then have you despised the Lord's command by doing what I considered evil? You struck down Uriah with the sword, and you took his wife as your own. You murdered him with the Ammonite sword. Now, therefore, the sword will never leave your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own wife. Wow. That's intense, huh? And and the point is here, Nathan got to the heart of the issue And he understood how he needed to communicate this to David in such a way that David could receive it. And I think that is one of the tricks of how to lovingly confront, is we need to speak in the language that that person can hear. If you know that someone speaks, um, let's say they speak Spanish as their first language, and you speak Spanish too, you you would try to speak Spanish, wouldn't you? To try to make sure that person understood. And so what I'm saying is not that you have to learn how to speak all these languages, but speak something in such a way that the person can receive it. You know, I mean, uh, counselors all the time are saying, you know, use I statements. Like, I feel this way, or I was hurt by something that happened, or I kind of put the responsibility on yourself, but also love that person enough to speak it in such a way that they can go, that's me. That's what I did. And I just want to warn you, this isn't always going to happen. Even if you confront people perfectly, I've had, I've had a handful of times, I need to say that, it's a handful of times where confrontation has gone bad, badly. Most of the time when you go to someone, if you really truly have forgiven, if you really truly go because of their because you love them and and for their own benefit, and you go because you know your motivation is to see that they don't hurt other people. If your heart is really pure in this, and if your motivation is to bring restoration, most of the time there will be unity. But there, there might be times where that person is not teachable, they're not confrontable, as Henry Cloud says, they're not safe, and unfortunately, that is the case, but that doesn't exempt us from still going and loving people enough to speak the truth to them, to show them their fault, to show them their sin, to show them the effects of their sin and how their sin is hurting us. But make sure you do this with grace and humility and a spirit of, of I could be wrong about this. Because how many times have you thought something about someone and your mind is playing all these tricks on you, you're like, oh, this is what that person thinks of me and they said this and blah, 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 blah. And you build this whole case in your mind and then you go to the person and you say, hey, you know when you said da-da-da-da-da, you-da-da-da, and you start all these you statements, you did this and you did that, and you start telling that person what they were thinking or what they were feeling at the time, only to realize that you were wrong, that that person actually didn't do what you thought they did, So always, always go with the spirit of grace and humility and love and compassion and care. And there are a thousand ways that we can communicate the same thing. Figure out the way. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom, to know how do I speak this to this person in such a way that they will be able to receive it. Now, I'm not necessarily recommending the way that Nathan <laughs> went to David you know, to tell the story about a, a lamb, and then, you're the man. You are the man. You should see that. You should watch that in some of the, um, the YouTube videos. They, they have some pretty interesting portrayals of that. But figure out, what is the best way I can go to this person? What is the best way that I can, can speak to them and show them and ask the Lord to go before you? and to make a a clear path. Ask the Lord to set up in their own heart a willingness and a teachability and and an opportunity for you to be able to tell them what you really see. And I just believe, honestly, church, I believe if we were willing to do this for one another, we would have so much more unity. If we actually loved one another enough and forgave each other Mm enough— and cared enough about each other to go to our brothers and sisters and say, hey, I love you too much to let this thing just go. You know, I, I, I know you're trying to save money, but cheating on your taxes isn't the way, or to go to them and say, hey, you know, you know, I know that you have a tendency to, to tell little white lies, but all eyes are black, you know, or to say whatever it is. And I don't know what the examples are, but go back to the person that you need to forgive in your life. And if it is someone who's safe, if it's a brother or sister in Christ, really ask the Lord, Father, how do I go to this person? How do I build up this person while still speaking truth to them? It is possible. The Lord has given us the tools to do it. I also believe that, that speaking the truth in love is not just confrontation. I also believe speaking the truth in love can be really encouraging someone and speaking when you see them doing something right to go to that person. I think a lot of times we think nice things about people and we say mean things about them. Sometimes I think we, we forget to catch people doing something well and to encourage them. I just want to encourage you this week. If if there's some account that's not closed, if you have bitterness or resentment or unforgiveness against someone, work through it. And if the Lord calls you, confront that person, even if you don't really want to, which is probably a safety net for you. But also, for some people, we need to really be bringing the truth of the gospel. I heard a really sad statistic that less than 3% of all believers will ever share the gospel in their Christian life. And and the gospel is simple. This is what the gospel is. We have all sinned. Every single one of us is imperfect. We have all either lied or stolen or lusted or gossiped or been disrespectful or cursed or whatever, any of the Ten Commandments, (laughs) coveted. All of us have sinned in some way, at some point. And our God is a perfect and a holy God. And we cannot come into the presence of the Lord with our sin. And therefore, He became flesh. He became a human being, came and lived on earth, lived a perfect, sinless life, and then paid the penalty by going to the cross and dying on the cross for the sins of the whole world. This is what Jesus Christ did so that we could live. And this is great news. This is, this is the opposite of the news that, well, the only way you can get to heaven is to be a really good person and do all these works and, and just try, 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 try. And then maybe, maybe, if, you're, if, you're, if, if your good works outweigh your bad works, maybe then you'll get into heaven. That's not the gospel. That's not good news. The good news is Jesus Christ paid it all. He poured out his blood for our sins so that we could be reconciled. And when he calls us, to be united with the body of Christ, with the family of believers, by sometimes being loving enough to go to them, to make ourselves uncomfortable by going to them and telling them, hey, you've got this thing. You know, whatever that thing is. And God wants to set you free. Offer that hope. Offer the hope. My, my pastor used to say, it's one thing to point out someone's sin, it's another thing to walk them out of it. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to walk with people out of their sin? Because that's what we're called to do. Is to lay down our lives. Could you stand as we pray and close today? Well, Father, we are so, so grateful for your word. We thank you for the Bible. Lord, we thank you that your promises that you will give us wisdom. If we ask you, Lord, I ask for each person in this room today, Each one of us, Lord, if there is someone that we need to go to, I ask, Lord, that you would fill us with courage, not to blast them, not to to tear them to pieces, but to lovingly go, like it says in Galatians, with a gentle spirit, with a humble spirit, Lord, that we would be willing and open. Lord, last week we talked about the inconvenient love. Lord, let us love even when it's inconvenient. Let us speak the truth in love. Let us go to our brother or sister who has sinned, who is living in sin, Lord, and, and moving on in that passage, Lord, and if we need to take two or three with us, if we've already gone to that person, Lord, help us to have the wisdom to know who to take with us. Lord, help us to be humble in the way that we love. Help us to be humble in the way that we confront. And Lord, we just confess to you each and every one of us, Lord, we have all sinned. We have all fallen short of your glory. Lord, every one of us needs your grace. Lord, we continue to sin. Lord, the things we want to do, we can't do. The things we don't want to do, we continue to do. Lord, who can help us, who can deliver us. Thanks be to God. We thank you, Lord, for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and your compassion. Lord, we thank you that your word says you give strength unto your people and you bless your people with peace. I ask that you would do that today, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, God bless you all. Stay safe. Go out and speak the truth and love to people. Amen. See you next week.